Whenever you're having conversations, it's always enjoyable to have somebody that knows something more than you do. And possibly when they don't know something, you're able to fill in a little bit or tell part of your experience. The conversation goes back and forth. But then there's those people that no matter what you say, they know more than you do, and we call them know-it-alls. I think there's a reason that that makes us so uncomfortable, because in our heart of hearts, deep down inside of us, we know that there is only one who knows everything. His name is Yahweh, our Lord, our Savior, the one who is in all, through all, and know all, the all-knowing, ever-present God. My name is Trey Rhodes, and I'm the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church. It's great to have you along as we go through our pastor's sermon series and use this as our audio study guide to help us to prepare us for the upcoming small group session that we have. We call them Life Connection Groups at Northwood Baptist Church, and so if you're a Life Connection Group leader or someone else in Life Connection Group or someone just listening wants to find more out about the Word of God, we welcome you to this audio study guide. And if you would like to hear the sermon that was preached that is much better than my review, uh, go to Pastor Tommy and uh, you can go on our church website, www.northwoodbaptist.com. And they will, uh, there you can go to our sermons and you can watch them, listen to them on audio. Uh, So that is an opportunity for you to use in your own personal growth or maybe in your family or maybe in your own small group. If you would like the materials to go with this, please contact me. And you can do that, Trey, T-R-E-Y, at NorthwoodBaptist.com, and I will get you the information you need, even can put you on a list, so we can email those materials to you every single week. Well, the good news is, is that God does know everything. Uh, one of the things when Pastor Tommy's talking about things that you don't know, Fruit Loops are all the same flavor. Did that not blow your mind? Anyway, that is certainly one thing that I didn't know that I didn't know. Um, but anyway, that's interesting. But there are a lot of things like that that we think we know, but really when it comes down to it, we don't know everything, do we? The big questions of life are things like this. Do you want to know God, uh, but do you want God to know you? Now, Psalm 139 was written to be personal. So whether you want God to know you or not, the bottom line is he does know you. He knows everything about you. And when I say everything, I mean everything about you. And now Psalm 139 is in book 5. Of, and is written by King David, and we have here that God is establishing his kingdom forever. It's a good reminder for people coming out of exile. God knows. He knows how he's going to fulfill his plan. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at four truths today that you need to know about the God who knows you and hope that that will help you grow, help you grow in your desire to know God and actually to be known by God. First truth, God knows me better than I know myself. Now, as we said, this is a psalm of David. So when David thinks about the great God of the universe, David realizes that God is so much greater than him. David does not know, uh, there's so much David does not know, excuse me, and there's nothing that God does not know. Uh, So David does not know everything, and God knows everything. The God of all creation, uh, you know, think of him, uh, knows when I sit, he knows when I stand, he, and that's just not about Trey. That's about you. That's about every person in the world. Every person in your life connection group, every child, every person that has ever existed in all time, he knows every move. 
He knows when you blink your eyes. He knows when you're going to sneeze. He knows when you're going to be sick. He knows uh, you're going out and you're coming in. He knows your, you, you know, how you get to work and what goes on when you're at work and the crazy people that are driving on the road and all those things. So he knows even what you're going to say before he say it. Say that before you say it. He he knows that gossip is forming on your lips. He knows encouragement when you're about to speak it out. That's our God. But not only does God know everything, God also encircles us. His it's His all-knowing presence that surrounds us. The good news is, is that this is a good thing to think of. He is on His hand is on us. When you realize how well God knows you, uh, the only response is this is too much to understand. You see, our brains can't comprehend how God can do that. Um, our every detail of our life, He knows it. Uh, the truth you believe is, I know me better than anyone else. I know everything about me. So you spend a lot of time with you, thinking about what you like, what I like. You know, if it's me, and uh, you know what I want to do, what I want to, what I want to become, and uh, all those things. So you know, you think you know yourself pretty well, but God even knows you better than you know yourself. The reality is, why? Because we deceive ourselves. John one, First John one eight. One of the scriptures that I've memorized since, since I was first, know the Lord. We deny our own sin. First uh, John 1, 8, we deny our own sin and we deceive ourselves. We're not the problem. Jeremiah 17, 9, as you know, the heart is deceitful. So you don't, you deceive yourself. You don't understand yourself. You either think too highly of yourself or you think too little of yourself. You know, I'm a good person or you say I'm a nobody. So we kind of use the extremes that way. Uh, the truth is that we're God's gift to the world the tendency to not really know who we are. So you don't know what you need, you know. Uh, you know, you think you need a raise, you need kids that listen, spouse, you know, that is going to hear you and understand you. you. You need a vacation, you need a whatever it is you think you need. Uh, you need, but what you really need is a God who knows you because you can't, you can trust a God who knows you. God knows what you really need. He knows you need Him. He knows you need to grow in Him. He knows you need adversity. He needs you. He even needs you to be uncomfortable occasionally. Uh, he knows that you need his character. You know that issue about being uncomfortable. How many times has it happened to you where something's not working like it used to, and you say, "When you finally get it back, it is such a pleasure to have it back." Well, that's also in our relationship with Christ. We need to be uncomfortable. We need to have that holy restlessness that drives us to the feet of Christ. God knows you. He loves you, not just as you are. But the good news is he loves you and me in spite of who we are. All right, so uh, the first uh, truth uh, is this. God knows me better than I know myself. Second truth is God is close to me when I am not close to him. So God knows you, he's with you, that's a comfort. Or it can be a terror, you know. Do you really want, you know, we think, oh, I would just want God with me everywhere. Really? Some of the places you've been and the things you've said, some of the places I've been and the things I've said, and I really want God there. I mean, he is there, but you know, verse 7 tells us that we can't even escape God. Where can I go to escape your spirit? He is omniscient. That means he knows everything. And he's omnipresent. That he is present everywhere. So let's we'll start with that. God is present in every place. That's, that's how we understand that truth. You know, uh, maybe you and I would like to be in two places at one time. Uh, how many of us have wanted to be at two sports events? Uh, Pastor Tommy talked about the boys playing baseball, and he had to make a choice on which of the sports events he was gonna he was gonna go to. Um, so anyway, those kind of things where you want to be one place and, and actually want to be in two places at once. 
Well, the good news is, is that God is there. He's present in every place. He's also present in all of time. Now, we are all confined by time. We have our 80, 90 years that we live, 70 years, whatever it ends up being, and we're confined by that. But God transcends time. When he sees our time, he sees past, present, and future. Time was designed for man. Time was not designed for God. Uh, he, he knows our past. He knows what we're going through right now. He knows the future. He sees all of us all equal. So we want to be on the present, <laughs> but we're not. God is. He's always close. David said, where can I go? Can I go to heaven? Can I go to the grave? Lowest parts of the earth, far, far as the ocean. He says all this in Psalm 139 as well. Uh, sometimes I want God to be close. You know, we want, to, we want his goodness, his comfort, his joy, his grace, and all those things that we need on a daily basis. Sometimes I don't want God to be close. Why would I not want God close? Why didn't Jonah want God to be close? They didn't want to do God's will. Sometimes I don't want God to be close because I just don't want to do what he wants me to do. Uh, you know, sometimes because I've messed up and I, I feel guilty and shameful. I know I'm in the wrong. Uh, I don't want to repent because I don't come clean as God wants me to. I'm not going to do that. So I don't want God near. Sometimes, sometimes I don't want God to be close because I'm trying to escape consequences. I don't want to deal with the relationships I've broken or the consequences of my bad choice. Uh, how about this? I can, I can never run away from God. No matter how much I want to, I can't do it. And by the way, that is a good thing. When you are running, he is coming after you. He's present as a loving father. He is always there to discipline you. God never takes his hand off you. He, says, I'm, he never says, I'm done with you. Instead, he pursues you. He, will, he comes and brings discipline and corrects those, whoever he loves. So you can always run to God. He's present to hear your cries for help. He's present to embrace you when you turn from your sin. He's present to forgive, embrace, and redirect. Stop running away from God and start running to God. All right, first truth uh, we talked about. God knows me better than I know myself. Second truth, God is close to me when I am not close to him. And then we're going to talk about the third truth, which is God has planned my days for my good and his glory. So God has planned my days for my good and his glory. He says, you created my inward parts. You knit me together. This is verse 13. In my mother's womb. We also learn this in Psalm chapter 8, that God tells us that um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. Uh, verse 16 says that uh, about us again, that uh, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Now, when you're a young person, a young you know, teenager or whatever, uh, you, you knew that God put you here accomplishing his plan. And now, as, you, as, I, as older people like me, we know that God is keeping us here. And he's, in the midst of that, he's still accomplishing his plan. He planned our days. A person's heart plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9. He knows he's going to, where he's going to place you. He knows how, what it's going to take to grow you and to grow you. He knows the adversity you're going to experience. And, and in the midst of all that, he has the power to accomplish in your life exactly what he determines. Why? It's for your good and it's for his glory. Because God wants to do a work in you. He wants to do a work through you so that others can see his grace at work in you. Now, sometimes it doesn't feel like God's at work. <laughs> sometimes it feel like, feels like God's unfair, unloving, unkind. You know, that's, that's just feelings. What I feel doesn't change the goodness of God's plan. 
you don't know what you need and you're limited by time. You don't see the eternal perspective. Um, Romans 8.28 understands that. It says all things work together for, for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Um, what I feel doesn't give me the right to try to dethrone God either. So my feelings can't just, you know, take over. Uh, some of, you know, we might not like what God's plan is for our lives. Uh, you, maybe you say, I don't like that I'm going through adversity. I don't like that I'm struggling in my marriage. Uh, Lord, uh, you know, I have a different plan than all this. So when we feel like God's plan is unfair, unwise, and unloving, uh, we try to make ourselves the kings, kings of our own lives. I'll do it my way. You know, just like Frank Sinatra used to sing, saying as those that know Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. Um, and what happens? That's, that becomes rebellion against God, doesn't it? You just don't do it his way. So don't let your feelings stand in the way of the facts. Let God's plan uh, be what you submit to, not saying, God, I'm going to do it my own way. I'm going to have, I got my own plan. So number four, the fourth truth, and that is this. God has a plan to deal with sin that I need to embrace. Now, if you look at the last four verses, it seems a little vengeful, doesn't it? I mean, things like uh, talking about these enemies and those who invoke you deceitfully, uh, talking about he hates those, he detests people, he hates them with extreme hate, hatred. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, he's going after these people. He says, I consider them my enemies. Uh, so, so when the exile returned from Babylon, the exiles came back, they, they wanted God to establish his kingdom. So David had chosen sides. He said, God, if you only kill the wicked, I hate, remember, I, I hate those who hate you. I hate them, and we said that with extreme hatred. David thinking of those who willfully rebel against this all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful God. He's thinking to himself, what a bunch of fools. David's prayer is God bring justice. And he, he opens his heart up. Verses 23 says, search me and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way. So he opens up his heart. Uh, I don't want to be anything like them. Now, it seems to be a good thing. The king of Israel wants to see the enemies of his master fall. But here's what David does know. And this, these, are what, these are the bullet points. No one can oppose, oppose God and escape judgment. God's just. He knows all. He knows the heart of man. He knows sin and rebellion and, and what's in our, when it's in our heart. He knows every one of us. He loves us not because of us but in spite of us every person created in the image of God what David doesn't understand is that we understand what we understand and that is anyone can surrender to God and experience grace they do not have to be destroyed God can bring uh, back bring them back to a relationship with him as he designed from the very beginning God laid judgment on Jesus so that everyone that deserves this judgment that David's talking about here can instead receive an incredible gift of grace Jesus is the true king. He deals with his enemies. He doesn't destroy them. What Jesus does, he's a, king, he's, a, not a, he's a king like no other. He dies for them. That's why he said in Luke chapter 23, verse 24, Father, forgive them. So we know the full gospel. We know that Jesus died and rose again. Jesus is the true king, the king Israel longed for, who would come to rescue those who would cry out and surrender. So instead of saying, God, I hate your enemies, why don't you kill them? We can do what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 44. We can love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So then we're able to leave vengeance in the hands of God and pray for his grace. If there's anybody in your Life Connection group that needs to have that grace from God who knows you and loves you, 
Let them know that they can trust him today. Let's go to the discussion questions. And uh, we're going to start, of course, we're in Psalm 139. And we're going to, once again, talking about what you need to know about the God who knows you. Uh, the first question is a good question you can use and get the people talking about, about some of the topics that we're going to be dealing with today. Uh, what's something about you that few people in your group know that might surprise the people in your group? So something going on in you, you know, that nobody else knows about. That's a good question. And maybe they can say, well, you don't know that I used to race motorcycles or whatever it is. Um, so if, if that doesn't work, maybe you can use one of these others, kind of get them talking. If you want to bring them back down a little bit, you can use one of the, the last three questions as well. Let's examine, and once you do that, once you get them talking, then the whole goal is to point them towards the text. Let's talk about these four truths now. All right, uh, Psalm chapter 39, we're going to re be reading verses 1 through 6. And so um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but uh, what does God know about you? All right, it says, um, listen to what it says in verse 3, on the day I called, you answered me. Uh, it says that uh, the Lord is exalted. He takes note of the humble. He knows the haughty from a distance. So the idea is that God knows all kinds of things, whether we're humble, whether we're haughty. Uh, God, uh, God knows who we are. He knows what we're going through. He knows and hears our prayers wherever we are. So that's why David could write in verse 6, This wondrous knowledge is beyond me as lofty. I am unable to reach it. David can't comprehend it with his own mind. Remember we talked about that? It's like his own mind is like blown by this. It's mind blown, boom, you know. Uh, he can't even understand that God can be that way for us, that God knows absolutely everything. And the truth is that God knows us better than we know ourselves. Now, the word we use in theology is omniscient or all-knowing. What does it mean that God is all-knowing? Well, Pastor Tommy talked about that. Um, he, the idea is that God knows everything. There is nothing that God does not know. That's what all-knowing means. Um, why is it good that God is all-knowing? Because if God knows all things, God can do whatever he needs to do to accomplish whatever he wants to accomplish, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those around us. You need a God who knows you because you can trust the God who knows you. If God knows me and everything I've done and still loves me, I can trust him with my life. Am I right? All right. Uh, Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Um, do you think David wants, God, uh, want, David wants to flee the presence of God? Well, I, I don't know. Uh, he certainly could. Um, I think the idea is that he knows that God is there all the time. I think that uh, even though David knows that, that God's there, there are times that it was probably uncomfortable for David to flee God. Or for David to, for God to be near him, excuse me, for God to be near him. Uh, why would you want to flee the presence of God? Well, we talked about that. When, when you don't want to do the will of God or when you're, you're full of guilt that you're not willing to confess before God, all those things are reasons. So the presence of God is a, is a, is a, is a wonderful comfort to us believers because it, it tells us that he never takes our hands off of our lives. He never says, I'm done with you. What he does is he pursues us so that he can discipline us and correct us so we can come back into his loving arms. Now, that would be terrifying to believers, though. Unbelievers, excuse me. That would be terrifying to unbelievers uh, to think, uh, 
those people that don't know Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. And by the way, I think it says believers on your, out, on your questions. Uh, so that is supposed to be unbelievers, terrifying to unbelievers. Um, but obviously, you know, if God knows everything that you've ever done, you know, the punishment's coming, the judgment's coming if you don't surrender to Christ. I, I can imagine how they feel. Now, in theology, we say that God is omnipresent. That means all-present, present in all places. So what does it mean that God is all-present? Now, that's God, God is in all places, and he is at all times. So why is it good that God is all-present? Not just all-knowing, but why is it good that God is all-present? Well, it's good because God is there for us. We talked about this a little bit. We can always run to him, uh, and we can always run back to God. He is present to forgive us. He is present to wrap his loving arms around us. He is present to point us in the direction different than what we were doing. So we, as God's people then, as his people that are, are believers, unbelievers, we can, uh, we can be close, excuse me, believers can be close to God. All right, Psalm 139, verses 13 to 18. Let me read a couple of those. Uh, it's, it talks in particular in verse 13, for it was you who created my inward parts. It was you who knit me together in my mother's womb. Uh, listen to verse uh, 15. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth. All those things are talking about. Uh, verse 16, that's a good one too. Your eyes saw me when I was formless. So all this has to do with God seeing this incredible creation that I am. Yes, and you are. Yes, that's who God sees. God actually knitted us together. There are no mistakes with God. Are there problems with our bodies? Well, we live in a broken world. Because of that broken world, sometimes we're born in different ways, and that's okay. God still designed you for a plan and a purpose. So how does this verse speak to God's purpose for humanity? That uh, if God did all that for us, that he knit us together, that God knew us before we were born, nothing that uh, your existence, your coming into existence, did not take God surprise, by surprise. You weren't some collection of cells that just happened to come together. You were planned by God. All right, so it is so important that we understand that God loves life from conception to, uh, to the last breath. God loves us and created us for a purpose and a plan. Um, can you imagine the, po the power and the purpose? He says, how do you see the power of God on display in these verses? That God can do all that? In the, my mother's womb, he did that? That's how overarching uh, God's work is in our lives. He is present there when we're in the womb. He is present through with us throughout our lives. Now, we also talk about theology that God is omnipotent and he is all-powerful. Now, what does that mean that God is all-powerful? That means that there is, uh, he has all power. Jesus said it also. All power is given unto me. Um, so God has all power to do all things at all times as much as he needs to do it. He is the God who, after all, spoke all of creation into existence with mere words. It's good that God is all-powerful, isn't it? Because if God is all-powerful, God can control everything about me that he wants. To, can control my circumstances. If God is all-powerful, he can do that. 
If, if, if he needs to make a way for me, God's all-powerful. God can do that. We can pray and ask God to do the things that we are not able to, and we see the, the supernatural power of God working in lives and in, our, in, in, in other hearts. You know, we're able to ask God to do what, what only he can do. All right. Uh, Psalm chapter 139, verses 19 to 24. Now, this is the funny part that we call it imprecatory psalm. It means that we, we you know, we want to kill the, un David, I shouldn't say we, but David wanted to kill unbelievers. And we hear imprecatory psalms often quoted, and you'll see them in the minor prophets too. Uh, but anyway, he said, it starts out, verse 19, if you would only kill the wicked. Now, you have to ask, you know, David's looking at the enemies of God, these people that are, messed up and don't follow God, and he's, we have to ask the question, is David's hatred justified? Well, the answer is, of course it's not. Uh, David did not understand. David did not know. David did not have the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, he did not understand that grace was available for those that, that, that were away from God. He didn't, he didn't uh, understand the concept of leaving vengeance in the hands of God. He didn't understand the idea that we pray for God's grace when people are messing up. Um, so these point us to the gospel of grace and mercy for the simple reason that when we think of what Jesus did for us, he took our sin upon himself. He took our judgment. The judgment's still there. It's just he took it. That's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross and rose again the third day to be our Lord and Savior. All right, let's apply the truth. What can you start doing in your walk with the Lord to begin to go know God more intimately? So what are some things that you can do? I think we're going to talk about this at the end in particular. Um, uh, number two, are you running to God or running from God? So they, only they can answer that question. And uh, what keeps you running to God? We're, we're only going to make them the running to God thing. What is it that continues to draw you to God and bring you to Him? Uh, number three, if God is all-powerful... How should this affect the way you trust God? If God's all-powerful, then we can release it into his hands, right? He can deal with what he needs to deal with. He can, he can take me as far as I can go, and then if, if he needs to pull back, he will because that's our powerful, all-powerful God. He is more powerful than any being that was ever created. He is, he is more powerful, not just any being. He is more powerful than all beings. He is more powerful than all planets. He is more powerful than all stars. He is more powerful than all those things. He spoke them into existence. Um, so you can trust him. All right, Psalm 139 helps you think about the value of humanity. Of course, uh, that God was a part of the forming of who we are. Uh, so if God does that for us, how much should we be able to be a blessing to other people because God made them too, right? God designed them. And it is, it is the, the beauty of it is, is that we can then take our lives and live them out for others because we know that God has a special place in his heart for them as well because he created every one of those people in his womb, in, the mother, in his mother's womb. All right, so let's get back to that other question. Um, of course, we're talking about what, what is God calling you to do in response to that? How will Psalm 139 inform the way you pray this week? And then uh, what is the one thing you can start doing in your walk with the Lord to help God know God more intimately? So what is that one thing? Um, is it um, saying to God that you will want to be close to him? Lord, I want to be close to you. I know that you're all ever-present. I'm running to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run to you, not away from you. 
I'm going to, knowing that you're already in my presence, I'm going to use First John 1, 9 to confess my sin, and, and I'm going to quit doing that. I'm going to recognize that, that uh, you know me better than I know myself. And so because of that, Lord, uh, I, I give myself and my life to you. And I want to say, Lord, I commit myself. I surrender to you is a good thing to do. This is a powerful thing. And then the other thing, now I'm going to start helping others because I know those others are also made in the image of God. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I hope that this has helped you in your audio, in your planning, in your uh, study for the audio study guide. Uh, this audio study guide has helped in the pastor sermon series, and I hope you've enjoyed Psalm 139. Uh, we're going to be in one last Psalm this week, and then we're going to be moving on to conversations that connect people. We're going to talk about how to lead people to Christ. So that's going to be an exciting series. So we'll be starting that out not next week, but then the next week. All right. Let's pray and we will go. Father, thank you for the blessings of all good things. Thank you for Jesus that died and took our judgment upon himself. And Lord, may we never get over it. Thank you, Lord, that you made your, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That everyone listening to this, all the people in our life connection group, they are all fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't matter if they get on our nerves or, or if we don't, you know, don't like things they say. It still doesn't matter. They still have a special place in the in the hand uh, in your in your hand and in your life. So Lord, I pray that you would do a work in and through them. Lord God, we thank you for all the blessings of all good things. Uh, use us for your glory. And Lord, when you speak to us, may we obey. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.